Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. I would love for people to get curious with themselves. I always like to say to my clients, get curious, not furious. So when you have an emotional reaction to something, don't get angry with yourself about it. That's another emotion. Just get curious about the emotion, get curious about the thought, get curious about why you're connecting with someone in that way. Just get curious about everything in life and you'll start to see things from such a different perspective and you'll start to learn so much more about yourself and other people. It's turning the mirror on yourself. It's a much Mm. deeper conversation when you do that. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast today as my guest, Dr. Ruth Mary Allen. She's an executive coach, a trauma coach, as well as a professional speaker and trainer. She's the lead certified brain health professional in the UK. She's been trained by the Amen Clinics. She's also a certified Havening practitioner and a certified high performance coach. She's also a reservist British Army officer, a ski and mountain leader, and a trauma recovery coordinator. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, then go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel. There, you'll be able to get your very own digital token, which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community, where you'll have direct access to our amazing podcast guests, just like Ruth, as well as to me, of course. And you'll have access to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. With that, we want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcasting into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. We've minted just 30 copies of this digital token, so get in quick before they're snapped up. In our conversation today, Ruth talked to me about optimizing both the hardware and the software of our brain. We talked about the five pillars of brain health, feelings, actions, connection to self, thinking and environment. And we talked about being curious rather than furious with ourselves. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Dr. Ruth Mary Allen. (music) 
Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Oxford in the UK, Dr. Ruth Allen, who's a multiple founder and CEO of various businesses. She's an executive and family coach, a certified brain health professional as well as trainer, a motivational speaker and also host of her own podcast, Brain Health, Unchaining Your Pain. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Ruth. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest. Oh, thank you, Jürgen. It's such a pleasure to be on your podcast. And I know we had so much fun connecting uh, through Tom, so it's exciting to be here today. Thank you. Yes, Tom did. Tom Ruich did connect us. He was our guest on episode 483 of the Innova Buzz podcast. So a big hello to Tom. Now, Ruth, I know you're passionate about helping individuals and uh, helping them reconnect with their best selves, which is something that I, I really like the, the way you've expressed that and also winning back their energy, time and passion around what they love doing and what they uh, and those reconnecting with those they love as well by unchaining, unlocking and unleashing their full potential. And I know you work a lot in the area of brain health, so I'm really excited to dig into that some more. Now, before we unpack a lot of that, what's the impact you're hoping to leave in the world today? So from, a, from today, uh, I want to inspire people to really take action and to know that they are not stuck with the brain they have, but they have the power to make it better and they have the power to take charge of their well-being, be the boss. And that's really the impact I want to leave in the future, which is to inspire 10, over 10 million people to really um, empower them to take charge of their well-being and be the boss through the Wellbeing Warrior Academy that I founded and to do that from a global perspective. So I'm really excited about that. Mm, that's fantastic. Well, we'll have to learn more about that Wellbeing Warrior Academy then from you. Tell us more about that. So it's an academy that is for people who feel that they're stuck in a rut and they've tried everything or they're not getting the right support from the traditional routes such as traditional medicine and they feel that they need support to optimise their unique brain or to really improve their brain and whole body health. So we take a, a look at your whole body health, but through the lens of brain health, um, through various uh, different programs. And those programs range from young children. So we do programs for kids. It's the Wellbeing Warrior uh, Belt System. So we're starting off with a yellow belt and they work through uh, the belt system to become Wellbeing Warriors. Um, and then we have uh, programs for teenagers to learn about their brain, that's Brain Thrive by 25, and then programs for adults as well, and then all the way through to retirement, which is looking at Brain Fit for Work and Life, and then Memory Rescue, which is another one. And then a wrap around that is, uh, is coaching for people on a one-to-one -one or a group level, as well as support for trauma recovery. Mm, yeah, I love it. Lots of different programs. <laughs> one of the things you you mentioned there, and I, I think that's a really good one to explore. You talked about a holistic approach to brain health, and and certainly we have to remember that the brain basically is an organ that controls everything that happens in our body. Right? I mean, our heart wouldn't beat if the brain wasn't 
doing something to keep it beating. We wouldn't be breathing because we don't think about our heart beating. We don't, we're not consciously saying, you know, heart, keep beating, right? Or we're not consciously saying, keep breathing. The brain sort of does that for us completely in the background. And if our brain's not healthy, then it impacts on a lot of different things. Um, digestion is another one. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit more because I think you have a philosophy that there's brain health, which is kind of an overarching thing over the top of what's talked about a lot these days, which is mental health. And it's great that we're talking mm -hmm. a lot about mental health because I think in the past that was something that was a taboo subject uh, with pretty devastating consequences. Uh, but I think the idea of, of an, a holistic approach is very consistent with my philosophy around all of medicine, which is um, traditional medicine kind of treats symptoms, whereas a more holistic approach looks at well, what are underlying causes and even takes that further to what can we do proactively to maintain a healthy system. So talk to us a little bit about that in the context of brain health. Yeah, so that's absolutely right. So we we take an integrated approach. So it's all, all, all along the lines of functional medicine approach, but through the lens of coaching to look at how the system of the person is functioning, but diving in through the lens of the brain because like you mentioned, our brain runs everything. And if our brain works right, then we tend to work right as well. Hmm. Um, and when we take the time to look at the whole system, we can not, we don't just look at the symptoms, but we, we are able to dive deep and start to uncover the root cause of the symptoms. And, and traditionally from a brain perspective, um, psychiatry has looked as the at the brain as a separate entity to the rest of the body um, and it's the only practice that doesn't image the organ that it treats which is a which is a huge mm. mistake because if we think about a heart and we go to a, um, a heart specialist they as my daughter did when she was um, about 18 months old they don't talk to you about you've got a beats per minute issue they look at your heart, they make sure it's functioning properly, they look at where the blood flow is going in your heart, they look at whether the valves are working properly and so on. And the conversation is super simple with the child um, because you talk to them about their organ. The, mm. the, the difference with brain health in, in the way that we've approached it traditionally is it's come from um, a very... Um, uh, uh, along the, the approach has been very archaic and not really updated from from the uh, early 19th century where people have focused on the mental health aspect and obviously the word mental has uh, negative connotations associated with it and they've been focusing on the person um, being at fault so you know in the past the person would have been called mental um, and uh, and have a mental health problem, which is often what we still call call it today. And it, the label is focused on the person being the problem and the symptoms associated with the person, rather than looking at the organ that's in trouble, which is the brain. And it's often not just the brain that's in trouble. It's often many systems 
throughout mm. our body that are in trouble. Um, uh, and, and the conversation is much harder from a mental health perspective because we're labeling people and we often, people feel shamed by the, by the, by the terminology that's used, the language that's yeah. used around the, the symptoms, rather than taking the time to look at the brain and look beyond just the, the mental health piece, uh, because the brain, we, you know, we have everything from mental health struggles to Alzheimer's disease uh, and a whole he heap of uh, brain right. struggles in between, um, and, and look really, look under the bonnet. Um, and seek to uncover what is at the root cause of the trouble of the engine of life, which is your brain. So yeah. that's that's really the approach that we that we take. I hope that answers your question. Mm. Yeah, of course. Your your background is in imaging science, and there's there's lots of fascinating studies coming up all the time. I, I keep finding bits and pieces there where they've done imaging of the brain and looked at how does the brain or which areas of the brain respond to certain stimuli um, in in life so for example if if um, if we're learning something new and we're having a struggle with learning it because it is new and because it is a challenge what parts of the brain light up and and then working out how does that how does that impact on different learning styles it's absolutely fascinating so i think what you, what you've pointed out there in in terms of the science that we have available these days to do do imaging and of course i know um, because i've been in this situation if you bang your head very hard and there's a, a suspicion in the hospitals that you've suffered some brain damage or concussion they will do the imaging to see it's not that doesn't get attributed to well it's your fault you're mm -hmm. you're a bad person because you've got potentially brain damage because of that physical trauma that happened to you they actually mm -hmm. do that Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and that's a really yeah. important point, actually, because head trauma is often often goes undiagnosed in the context mm. of brain of a brain struggle. So, so you can, you know, there's cases here in the UK with regards to rugby players who who are suing the rugby union because they have experienced cognitive decline and early onset of Alzheimer's disease as a result of. Uh, repetitive uh, knocks to their head, which cumulatively adds up in the, in mm. the same way um, as, as stress stacks, so does, so does head trauma. So it, it's such an imp important topic, you know, uh, understanding the impact that a, a knock can have. It's not just the one knock that can cause struggles, but it's multiple knocks that stack that can have a, a long-term uh, effect on people. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of conversation here in Australia around that as well um, in in the area of rugby and also um, other other contact sports where the same Absolutely conversation anything. is happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. The um, one of the things I'm curious about. There's a lot of talk, particularly in entrepreneurial circus, circuits, circ, circles, <laughs> about mindset, uh, the entrepreneur's mm -hmm. mindset, 
and this idea of we can we can dial in our mindset to be successful how does mindset the the concept of mindset how do you see that how does that fit in with brain health and where do the two intersect so i like to think of the brain as there's kind of two systems you have your hardware which is the connections that you have physically inside your mind and then you have the software and the, and the software is your mindset so hmm. we we have the power to shape both and one influence the other um unusually uh, compared to a, a computer um, and also the surroundings influence our hardware and software and so when we're looking at brain health we have to look at both of those aspects we have to look at how what type of brain has an individual been born with and how has that brain evolved over time as a consequence of um, interventions or or traumas that have happened in a person's life and what is the person telling themselves what are they how are they feeling so if we break it down into four quadrants of well-being we look at their their emotional well-being so the feelings that they have their physical well-being what they're actually doing the mental well-being how they're thinking and their spiritual well-being is how they connect with themselves their core values and beliefs and how they connect with others and how they connect with the wider world their sense of purpose meaning uh, and what they're passionate about in life so it's mindset is really important in the context of shaping our brain um, and it's uh, when we think about it in it, from an entrepreneurial perspective it's kind of like it can be the make or break of uh, of people who want to be entrepreneurs as to whether they have a fixed mindset um, or a growth mindset and how they capitalize on the attributes that they have uh, and Daniel Mangano is one of my guests on my show talks about this he has Asperger's and we often think as Asperger's as a, um, a mental health condition and actually it's a gift and we need to we need to appreciate the gifts that we get given in life and society needs to appreciate the gifts um, that people have given and accommodate the gifts um, so that people can thrive uh, rather than survive and he was able to do that he was able to really understand uh, the power he has inside his mind and yes he he has a we think about everybody has a kind of car we're all born with a car type and that car type depends on the engine it depends on the bodywork um, it depends on the uh, on what you've been fitted with and the engine is your is your brain so uh, people with Asperger's typically have a racing car so that they they love to be on a racetrack they like things to be in the same lane um, and that's great because a racing car is absolutely useless on an open road or a dirt track mm. um, because that's not what it's designed to do so w when we when you think about being an entrepreneur it's about focusing on what what is what skills do you bring to the table that are unique to you and how can you leverage those skills to get the best out of you and also to really build 
your business and grow your business. And that might be that some people um, are not very good at planning. So you get somebody into your business who can do the planning. So entrepreneurs, many entrepreneurs are ADD. Um, and, and so they're very good at being creative. They're hugely creative minds, but when it comes to actually focusing on a, on delivering against a plan and not being distracted, that can be really difficult. So it's yeah. really taking the time to understand your brain type and and leveraging the skills that you possess inside your mind and 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 uh, unlocking the secrets for that greater mental clarity um, that we need. So we're not we're not our own worst enemy when it comes to our mindset we're not holding ourselves back hmm. yeah i love the love the car analogy the, the racing car versus the um <laughs> four-wheel drive um uh designed for the the off the road and and then the town car designed for stop start all the time <laughs> In traffic. Absolutely. And yeah. we're all different, you know. We all we all you know, we, we might be put in a collection of a type of car, but ultimately um, it depends on who the driver is as to how that car mm. performs and every engine is different, you know, because every single brain is a unique 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 brain print. We all every one of us is a different brain. No one no one brain is the same. Um, and so we have to tweak that engine. We have to learn how to optimize it. We have to learn how to get the best performance out of it. Um, and that's what and that's what I spend my time doing. <laughs> hmm. Wonderful. The I think there's another important point there is with each of us having different brains. And I know the education system really struggles with this. And that's we all have different approaches to learning or different learning styles and yet in the education system it's all kind of regimented here's here's mm -hmm. a standard learning style and if you don't learn like that you're lost and people are then written off as having difficulties in inverted commas and yet it's just the system imposing a learning style on them that that's not suited to the way they learn Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and and uh, it it can be hugely detrimental to people who 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 have a you know ADD is classic mm. because they they have a a difficulty in paying attention, and so it's really important. You know, one of the big things that's that has um, not helped uh, kids with ADD is the fact that they uh, don't have the exercise time. To allow their brains to calm down, so they so exercise is incredibly helpful. And, and when when the schools change the curriculum and reduce exercise, that can have a hugely detrimental impact on brain function for for many different brain types actually. Mm. Um, so that's really that's really important too. Is is looking at, at the curriculum and, and the balance of curriculum. But the other thing that has really affected kids over the last sort of fifty years is the junk that uh, the food industry have introduced into our diets um, which is it has massively increased the the number of um, uh, children who have uh, ADD like tendencies um, it's increased the you know a vast number of um, uh, symptoms that kids weren't previously experiencing um, fr from allergy perspective um, so, so we, you know, there, there's so many uh, 
aspects of um, uh, that children are under threats from that perhaps we weren't under threat from uh, 50 years ago and it's and it's it's a battle um, which is why it's all about being a warrior because we are at battle for the health of our well-being we really are um, and, and we get you know it's often information that's misleading um, and you can't be an expert and not you know it's it's you can't expect a parent to be an expert at everything they rely on on uh, institutions uh, right, including yeah. government um, giving them the right information um, and if if governments have their you know are influenced by industry that's focused on making money rather than actually helping people to be well um, then we have a serious problem mm. which is what we do unfortunately mm. <laughs> yes I, re I remember for many years I was a, a leader in a, a 10-day bike ride that um, took a bunch of school kids out for this bike ride in mm -hmm. 10 days and I remember the first few years when I did this and the groups that I was leading I was just shocked at how many kids were on Ritalin for oh, ABD yeah. and and I thought well how's that going to help <laughs> and over the course of those 10 days with those kids and I, I didn't know what I was doing I was just kind of treating each each kid as an individual and getting a sense of well, okay how can I motivate them because obviously on that bike ride we were doing some fairly serious physical exercise and there was a lot of oh I can't do this I can't get up that hill I'm mm -hmm. going to walk or I'm just going to sit on the side of the road here because I can't do this anymore there was a lot of that happening and I as as someone that had the responsibility of getting these kids from the start point of the day to our campsite for the evening and getting them there safely and and hopefully giving them a a, a pleasant experience as pleasant as it could be but most importantly to me giving them a sense of achievement at the end of the day I, I was just yeah. sort of focused on that um, and I didn't realize a lot of what I've learnt in the meantime about brain health and mindset and so on um, but I was always amazed that at the end of those 10 days the transformations that those kids went through and, and many of them in fact forgot to take their medicine during that time and had, it wasn't mm -hmm. an issue and I, I said mm -hmm. well there, there's clearly something wrong here with the way these kids are, are being treated in terms of mm -hmm. the medical treatment. And I think you know I think it's you know I'm not saying medicine is not appropriate I mm. think it is appropriate but often in, it's the first the resort right rather than yeah, the yeah. last resort so mm. I think it's too easy to prescribe and forget nowadays rather than take the time uh, and spend the time with the patient to understand the history to understand the root cause you know when the symptoms started understand mm. the, the history around the start of those symptoms uh, and to really uh, really take the time to do the detective work and unfortunately uh, we've got ourselves in a position in today's world where that, that that time isn't allocated to the professionals to be able to do that detective work because the mm. system is broken uh, and and the, uh, and we have this situation where it's it's become a prescribe and forget come and see me uh, you know in six months and that that's yeah. not 
that's not the way forward. That's not empowering children to take charge of their well-being. That's taking their power away from them. And we're in a world where it's a digital world. Kids want to be informed. They want to know the truth. They will go searching for the truth. And it's our responsibility as adults to give them the truth, to tell them the truth, to tell them the facts, uh, and to make those facts available to them in a digestible way um, for not only the kids, but for the parents too, so that they can make more informed decisions um, and at the moment, you know, that that isn't that information isn't isn't available in a way that is digestible necessarily all the time um, for, for kids to take charge of their well-being. And, you know, I have a three, three and a half year old daughter and we talk about the impact of sugar on her health. It's a simple conversation. Sugar is not healthy for you. Sugar is addictive, as addictive as cocaine, if not more addictive than shown in a, in, a, in a lab study with, with rats. It's in everything. It's in every, everything to do with children's food. It's not, it's not a healthy, uh, 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 it's not a food that is, is good for you. It, it is really bad for you in so many ways. It increases inflammation. So, so I can have an easy conversation with my daughter about sugar. And so we, you know, we don't want to eat much of it because it, it's not good for us. It hurts us. So we mm. minimize sugar consumption and she gets it. So she's all right with it. She's three and a half, but she, she understands. She doesn't complain. She's like, I don't want to I don't want to feed my bad bugs in my gut, yeah. which is what sugar does. I want to feed the good bugs, which are the soldiers in my gut, I want to make them well. So we focus on the foods that feed the good bugs, the soldiers, and, and eliminate the foods that feed the bad bugs. And those sorts of conversations need to be had with children. Uh, and, you know, it's really organizations that have the power to make huge changes to the well-being of, of of the nation. Hmm. Yeah. Well, sugar. I mean, sugar has just skyrocketed through my lifetime in terms of being in everything and 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 the promotion that's around products that are loaded up with sugar. I know. I um, I remember when. I was getting to the stage um, maybe 15, 20 years ago now where I thought I've, I've gotten to a really unhealthy weight. I was feeling unhappy with myself. I need to do something. And I started doing the work of learning because I had this philosophy that you know, the diet spiral up and down, up and down is not really good for you either. So what can I do to change my food style? And I did a lot of research and I was astounded. Um, one of the things that I saw was the fizzy drinks that you can buy, and I won't name any brands because I think they're all pretty similar, and it, it showed this image of how much sugar was in that, and I thought, I can't believe you could actually dissolve that much sugar in a glass of water, which effectively this yeah. drink was. Mm. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a really you know good point, but also um, sweeteners are just as bad. So, so we've you know companies have switched from sugar to sweeteners, but actually sweeteners are just as bad, if not worse, in some instances because they are sweeter than sugar, and it tricks your brain into thinking it's having sugar. So it still produces the same insulin response and the spike um, that you would have had if you had sugar anyway. Um, uh, 
so so they're both they're as bad as each other <laughs> in essence yeah. so and the, the best thing to to give your kids from a drinking perspective is water <laughs> you know and flavor it with some flavor it with some uh some fruit put some fruit in it um and flavor it with some fruit um it'll save you a huge amount of money uh and a, and a lot of dental work <laughs> hmm. <laughs> exactly yeah all right well um I did want to change tack a little bit and explore. Mm -hmm. You talk about connecting with our best self, and I'd like to explore that a little bit more in terms of how do we, as individuals, achieve this state of what's going on for me? You talked about the four pillars before, the emotional well-being, the uh, mm -hmm. mindset, the uh, mental health, and... Um, the spiritual well-being. How do how do we connect with ourselves to the point of saying, well, where am I at with all these things, and and what's what's out of kilter, and what do I need to address? Mm -hmm. So, so the way I look at it is, our our brain runs everything. So it's responsible for how we feel, how we think, how we act, how we connect with ourselves, how we connect with the world around us how we connect with others, and also our surroundings influence everything. So, so I like to look at the facts. So facts is, 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 we say, let's look at the facts, which is the five pillars of brain health. So the first one F is for feelings, is to check in with our emotions. And I'm not talking about the feelings that you want to have. I'm mm -hmm. talking about the feelings that you have that are running in the background. So we often don't pay attention to how we feel or we may actually ignore how we feel and feelings are uh, so feelings are emotions and emotions come and go like waves and when we ignore the wave it can crash on us and and we go bongo sliding <laughs> if you're familiar with surfing is you end up being trashed in the wave or we actually bury it um, and then and end up expressing it physically because our mind isn't listening. So it's really important to pay attention to the, to the emotions that are running around in our mind because our emotions drive our behaviours mm -hmm. and our behaviours create habits and our habits, um, you know, build us to, to who we are uh, and end up being. So... Um, so that's one of the first one is feelings. Actions is understanding what we're doing. So what behaviours, habits and activities are either helping us or hurting us. So not, we, you know, we just touched on a few, which is what we're drinking and what we're yeah, eating. Yeah. Um, and then our connection to ourselves. So I've talked about connecting with our emotions, but understanding our values, which is like our moral compass in life. Hmm. It's kind of like our sixth sense. So this is understanding when we when we know that something isn't right, but we can't put our finger on it. We can't articulate it. Uh, we don't have the words to say what it is, but something is informing us that something isn't right. It's typically because something is off from our core values. Yeah. Um, so it's listening to your sixth sense, uh, your intuition. Um, and then um, understanding how, so how we connect with ourselves internally 
determines how we connect with others externally. So if we don't take to the, the time to love ourselves internally and to, and to appreciate who we are and what we bring to this world, it's much harder to show up as your authentic self because you're holding back and you're, and, you're, and you're belittling yourself so we can become our own worst enemy. Uh, and, you're, and you're not having that open connection with, with other people or with the wider world because you're spending time um, disconnecting with you or berating yourself. Uh, and we can be our own, you know, worst bully to ourselves. <laughs> so it's, ta it's taking the time, really taking that time to understand how we're talking to ourselves, which is the, the, the fourth pillar, which is thinking what thoughts are we having um, and we have uh, you know up to 90,000 thoughts a day mm. many of them subconsciously um, and those thoughts drive our emotions our emotions drive our actions so it's taking the time to listen into our thoughts and understand okay what thoughts are running in the background um, and turning down the volume of negativity and turning up the volume of positivity and really taking the time to challenge the negative thoughts or we call them ants so we say often people have an ant infestation in their brain because they're spending <laughs> all of their all of their time to saying to themselves i'm not enough i'm not good enough i'm stupid mm. i'm fit you know all of these negative things they'll say to themselves um, and it's challenging those ants and getting that little anteater in your head and and sucking all those ants out um, and getting rid of them so that so that you you know you you've got a lovely you the thoughts that you're listening to are playing a good tune yeah um and then and then finally looking at your surroundings you know the surroundings that we live in the surroundings that we work in and we know from covid how important our surroundings mm. are in terms of our mental well-being is how that can really impact how we show up in the world and actually literally just taking five minutes out in nature can be hugely hugely beneficial to ourselves just grounding ourselves in nature and connecting with nature um, can be really powerful uh, decompression activity mm. to help us uh, um, you know get composure and uh, and re, you know, recheck in with ourselves and, and calm ourselves down. So it's really looking at our surroundings, but not just the surroundings that we're in, but the surroundings that we've been in and understanding how our history of our surroundings, including the people we surround ourselves in, so we can have toxic environment, including toxic people, how that shapes our, how that shapes our brain. Because our brain is molded our brain is adaptive it wants us to survive <laughs> so it will do whatever it yeah. takes to make us survive children are incredibly resilient because their brain is constantly evolving and adapting to make mm. sure that they live and so it's understanding what history particularly in our childhood when our brains are developing up to the age of 25 as females and and 28 as males is understanding how us our environment, the people, the teachers we get surrounded with, uh, our peers, our role models, the family unit, how has that shaped our brain development? And is it shaped in a good way or is it mm. shaped in a way that we're full of ants 
uh, and it's taking that time to understand that and to really, as you know, you mentioned at the beginning, is to unchain your pain so that you're you're not being held back like a bungee cord from going forward in life because of something from your past. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much in that, so much gold in what you've just shared, and I think it it sort of gives everyone a, a really good blueprint for that self-connection and, and starting to think about what or become aware of some of those thoughts as you mentioned is it an ant should we be getting rid of that one um, one of the things I've um, been doing recently in in a group that I'm mentoring as well as pointing out to them when they're saying something which might be just a simple thing like um, when they're about to present for example saying I'm sorry, I haven't prepared real well for this, or I'm sorry, this is the first time. I'm really nervous. And and I point out to them that, hey, don't apologize up front at the beginning of your presentation because what you're doing unconsciously is telling yourself that this is going to suck. <laughs> and <laughs> you're basically setting yourself up for failure by doing that. I said, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're nervous, just channel that energy into doing the best you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, you know, you really brought to mind, I went to an event recently in London and uh, it was a lot of entrepreneurs there. And I went to a stand where there was a CEO of a company. And the first thing she said to me, she handed out a business card and she said, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry, this is, this is not the latest business card. I said, never <laughs> apologize. I have no idea what the latest one is. You yeah. don't have to tell me. It doesn't matter. It's just mm. the fact it's got your contact details on. It does not matter if it's the latest one or an old version. Just hand it out and be, you know, and connect. Don't mm. apologize on connecting with people. You know, you're an entrepreneur just go for it <laughs> yeah that's right yeah and I think that the other one that is really important and I can relate to this really well um, and I think you had a similar experience to me in this regard is the values conflict one and when I was in the corporate well I spent 27 years in the corporate world and 25 of that I really enjoyed in the last two years I was terribly unhappy and Ultimately, I left the corporate world. I made the decision to leave. The, in hindsight now, from what I've learned now, I realized that there had been a shift in the values of the corporation and lots of different things that happened very slowly over time to the point where it became a values conflict for me. And I didn't realize it was a values conflict. All I knew was I was becoming increasingly frustrated and increasingly unhappy to the point where I just didn't want to go to work anymore. Whereas the previous 25 years, I'd really enjoyed what I was doing, all the different roles. And, and it just, it's something that now I, I realize that if you're starting to have those feelings, explore the, the value side of things. And is that where mm. the, the issue lies? Yeah, and it definitely was the same for me, you know, the, the corporate world that I, I left and I, I worked with huge companies, um, but it was the last big corporation that I was with. Uh, the values that they portrayed in the, in the leaflets were not the values that they displayed in practice. And, um, and there was a huge value conflict. You know, I felt like they didn't really care. Um, I felt much more of a number than a person. Um, and, you know, you don't 
consciously notice it until you take that pause factor and 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 it's really important to do the pause and the reason it's so important is our brain is so busy that our unconscious mind is the oldest part of our brain all our autonomic nervous system is deep in our brain system right by the brain stem and and our fight or flight response is one of the oldest, the reptilian part of our brain. And we don't naturally think when we go into a fight or flight because we've never, because that's the way we've evolved. So yeah. by taking well, the Often pause, there's no time, right? No, exactly. Because <laughs> if the saber-toothed tiger just... jumps out of the bushes at you, you don't have time to think. <laughs> right. We wouldn't have time to think. And actually our thinking part of our brain, which is our human part of our brain, which is the prefrontal cortex, didn't evolve until much later. Hmm. And, and so this logical thinking part of our brain, taking the time to reflect and think, do you know, what, what is it? Get curious. What is it? is giving your brain that permission to pause hmm. and to activate your prefrontal cortex, the really powerful human part of your brain, and take the time to think, what is what is it that's going, what is really going on here uh, in my mind? And, and obviously pause, you need to be in a safe space to pause. Hmm. Um, but pausing and reflecting is really, really important. And in our fast-paced world, we don't necessarily take that time to pause. We ignore those signals. You know, we ignore the values that start to be slowly uh, missing from our world, like you mentioned. And it's not until something catastrophic happens um, that we have to pause. And then suddenly the curtains start opening and we start seeing um, what's actually been happening. So it's really important, you know, for people nowadays, especially with a fast paced world that we give ourselves that permission to pause. Hmm. Um, it's so important. Yeah, excellent. And that's, that's where I guess some people practice yoga, some people practice meditation, that that's their ways where we can affect that pause. Absolutely. And there's so many ways, you know, deep breathing, you mm. know, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four. That's box breathing. Yeah. Um, I do 24 seven breathing, which is breathe in for two, hold for four, breathe out for seven. Um, or just, just being still and just doing 10, 10, 10 breaths, just 10 calming breaths. Um, just taking that time to reflect. And journaling yeah. is a great one as well the pause is is getting your thoughts out of your head and onto paper and when you do that you can look at them subjectively so you're not in the in your head <laughs> you're giving mm. yourself permission to distance yourself from what's going on in your mind and that allows you to have that piece of reflection as well excellent all right well this is fascinating i could go on talking brain health and <laughs> the brain with you for ages and uh, we've we've i think we've been good in that we haven't gone too far down the the deep science route because we've both got a background in science uh, i think it's a good point now though to move on to the buzz which is our innovation round it's the same five lightning questions i ask every guest and the idea is you'll um Give us something that will inspire the listener to do something awesome as a result today. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. All set? <laughs> what's, what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Don't constrain yourself to societal norms. So never put yourself in the box. So get out hmm. of the box. If you don't go in the box, you can easily get out of it. 
Yeah. So or, don't or constrain yourself to society. Hmm. Be free. <laughs> yeah. Or define your own box, right? Yeah. Do, like literally, just don't get in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Um, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is to believe in myself. You know, it's so. I know it sounds so basic, but it's so important. So believe you can, and you know they say you're halfway there. Um, believe, believe, believe you can. So belief is such an important, and it's part of the, you know, the four steps to taking charge of your well-being is to believe, then overcome, succeed, and soar. So belief is it. Believe, believe in yourself. Hmm. That's great. Love that. And one of the core philosophies of NLP, which I'm sort of a big fan of, is the belief that we have everything we need inside of us. And if you take that approach, you you can look at dealing with something and you say, well, I don't know how to deal with that. And then I always add the word yet to that. So that kind of almost tells my unconscious mind is I'm going to figure this out. Because I have yeah. what I need inside of me, I just can't see it right now. Oh. Right. So I think, yeah, that's that's really yeah, and, great. Yeah, and you know, it's so important, and I think that yeah thing is really key because um, it, it's knowing that you can. You know, it's like when we when we're children and we're learning to walk, we don't mm. give up because we <laughs> fell over. Right. You know, because none of us would be walking on this earth. So we just keep going. You just keep keep practicing, keep trying, keep doing new mm. things, you know, believe you're going to get there and you will. Mm. Yeah. And and I guess the example of walking is a really good one because we look at all the adults around us that we're surrounded with, all of whom are walking and we say, well, there must be a way to do this. And yes, I fell down and yes, I hurt myself this time. So I'm going to cry for a little bit, but then I'm going to get up and give it another shot. and Maybe I'll mm -hmm. watch what, what the others are doing. And it comes back to mindset there. You know, <laughs> yeah. when we're kids, when we're brand new children learning to walk, we don't have a fixed mindset because nobody's mm. told us we can't. Mm. Nobody said you can't do this. There's no can't in our vocabulary. Um, so we're, we're constantly in a, with a growth mindset. It's only the environment and the interventions mm. by our carers and the people that we surround ourselves with that influence what we can and can't do and what we choose to listen to so you know keep an open mind like i said never get in the box <laughs> keep an open mind uh, and and have a growth mindset like a child would hmm. excellent love it all right now i like to ask what's a favorite resource you use most often and this could be anything it could be um, a practice you use or a, a tool or a software tool or or even people. Mm -hmm. Do you know, I think the most favourite thing I use in terms of developing new ideas is a good old pen and a piece of paper <laughs> uh, uh, and, or a whiteboard. And the reason it's so mm. important is we can get so hung up on technology yeah. um, that it stifles our creativity and sometimes just clearing the deck and scribbling stuff down uh, and, you know, doing spider diagrams and stuff. Hmm. Uh, I, when I really in, need to get creative, I often default to pen and a piece of paper or, or a big whiteboard because that's where I don't have any 
you know how where do i put this you know yeah. how do i position powerpoint and all of it's, these things that distract us <laughs> from being that's creative right. that's, so <laughs> yeah or have to do a search on how do i how do i get this thing in the right area or something like that which Absolutely. happens to me quite a lot yeah Absolutely. Yeah. A good old pen and a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, pen and a piece of paper or whiteboard. Like, there's no limitations on what you can write down or where, other than the size of whatever it is that you're working with. No. I've, I've and kind it, of, it, yeah, I've was, uh, go on, you done go. the comp. I've done the compromise for the technology because I like I I struggle to find these physical things when I've done that, particularly if it's a bit of paper. And so what I, and that's, that's the attractiveness of having it digital because I can search for that on my PC. So the compromise I have now is I, I will sketch out something either on a whiteboard or on paper. I will photograph that and then upload that and tag it with something so I can find it again later. Yeah, I was just going to say exactly that thing is, that, you know, <laughs> often the best thing is to photograph, <laughs> you yeah. know, so you've got a record. And then you can wipe your whiteboard as often exactly, as you like. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um, now, what's the best way to keep a client on track? So I find um, regular check-ins. So it's important to not leave it too long. Uh, you know, with any project management piece, you, you can have online systems, but actually um, looking into the whites of the client's eyes and having those regular check-ins is really important. Um, whether it's group coaching or one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, it, it's really key that you check in with them because you mm. don't always get the truth when you do uh, when you use online systems, and it's easy for people to uh, to stop using them. Uh, or they become too complicated. So it's taking that, I would say, uh, I don't like to leave it more than two weeks generally because people um, can easily disconnect. Um, but it's really important to have those regular check-ins with people. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And and I think you, you touch on something that I'm very passionate about, which is don't abdicate the personal relationships to the technology. No, no, we need it. We, that, yeah. You know, we're human beings. We're not. We're not robots. Uh, we need that. You know, we need that physical connection, um, even if it might be over over the the ether. But we need to have that communication mm. um, with each other, whether it's a telephone or uh, a te I would say the two main medium is telephone or or or, or a video. Hmm. Um, but not recorded. It's really important that you t take the time to connect with people in a personal way. Hmm. Excellent. All right. And finally, the number one thing anyone needs to can do to differentiate themselves. Uh, be you. <laughs> you be you because everyone else is taken. Is don't try and be. <laughs> don't try and be someone else. Just be you. Understand hmm. what your strengths are understand you know understand you at a deep level um, understand what you bring to the table because no one else in this world is going to have the same experience as you do yeah. not anyone not from a you know 
history perspective, from a learning perspective, just be you, show up as your authentic self and that's the best mm. way that you can differentiate yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, and that ties in very well with our conversation earlier about connecting to ourselves and having that self-confidence in what we bring. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. so important. Excellent. Well, thanks, Ruth. This has been fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about the work you do, um, about your academy, listen into your podcast, and maybe even mm -hmm. reach out and say thanks for what you shared today? Oh, no, you're welcome. Um, so they can connect with me at ruthmaryallen.com, so A-L-L-A-N, so A for action, um, ruthmaryallen.com. Um, or they can look, for, look me up on any of the social media platforms. That's Ruth Mary Allen. Um, R-U-T-H-M-A-R-Y-A-L-L-A-N. Excellent. All right. And we'll include those links in the show notes, of course, for anyone that might be listening to this and driving or walking the dog, whatever it is, and can't write that down right now. <laughs> so, Ruth, Absolutely. what action would you like our listener to take out of today's conversation? So I would love for people to get curious with themselves so we, we always, I always like to say to my clients get curious not furious so <laughs> when you when you have an emotional uh, reaction to something don't get angry with yourself about it it's another emotion just get curious what you know get curious about the emotion get curious about the thought get curious about why you're connecting with someone in that way just get curious about mm. everything in life and you'll start to see things from such a different perspective and you'll start to learn so much more about yourself and other people. Mm. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I love um, taking that approach and saying, hmm, I wonder what triggered that emotion or so on. And, and it does, it, it kind of puts the spotlight back on what's going on for us when, when we do that, when we get really curious, um, particularly I mean, it, I think it's easier to be curious about, I wonder why that person did that thing um, mm -hmm. than, or I wonder why that flower is blue or whatever it might be, something mm -hmm. that's outside of us. It's possibly a little harder to say, I wonder why I was attracted to that flower. I wonder what makes me feel like I like that flower. Mm. So taking the curiosity to that level I think can be very powerful absolutely it's turning the mirror on yourself isn't it and mm. and it's a much deeper conversation it's a much mm. deeper conversation when you do that yeah excellent well final question for today's conversation who else should I bring on this show and why <laughs> gosh, I gosh, I had such a big long list, so I'll give you a couple. So, uh, Michael Unbroken. So he's the, he's written this amazing book, Think Unbroken. He he's an amazing entrepreneur. He's had a, a tremendously difficult childhood, um, and he will say things as it is. And he's okay. he's achieved extraordinary great. You know, he there are no holes barred with this gentleman. He he's a wonderfully humble human being. So I definitely recommend him. Uh, Robert Pardee, who um, was again on my show. He 
is another humble human being. He spent his time supporting his wife through a very difficult cancer period. And he had a huge amount of discovery in the process. And he, he was very, he's very entrepreneurial from that perspective. And I mentioned um, Daniel Mangana, who is hugely successful entrepreneur uh, from from London, but lives lives uh, in the in the USA. I think he actually lives in Mexico, um, and he he's leveraged the power of his mindset, which is his his Asperger's gift, hmm. to really help people um, be phenomenal entrepreneurs. So he's he's another one. And then finally, uh, in the context of of brain health and having hope, I would say Amy Kardashian, um, who was on my show on episode four, uh, and she experienced um, very, quite a high degree of trauma uh, through the Lebanese war. And she talks about hope, which is having open possibilities every day. Uh, and she's a wonderful hu human being who's seeking to empower humanity through uh, through the, the work that she does. So. Excellent. Well, we've got a bonus four guests, so we'll get you to introduce <laughs> us to Amy, to no Daniel, problem. Robert, and Michael, and uh, and we'll reach out to them, bring them on the show as well. So yeah, thanks yeah, so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously. I've really enjoyed our conversation today on brain health. I think we need to uh, do a repeat performance and talk about some of the things that I've I had on my list that we didn't get to today and um, explore this some more. So thanks Absolutely again. Absolutely happy to. I hope you enjoyed that really insightful and engaging conversation with Ruth and took something away from her episode. So I invite you as you're listening to this now, start to get curious with yourself. When you have an emotional reaction to something, get curious not furious. Get curious about the emotion. Get curious about the thoughts. Get curious about the connections that are coming up. Get curious about everything in life. And you'll start to see things from such a different perspective and learn more about yourself and other people. Ruth's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Ruth Mary Allen, that is R-U-T-H-M-A-R-Y-A-L-L-A-N, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Ruth Mary Allen. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Ruth, as well as links to her website, the Brain Health Podcast, her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you've listened this far into the show, then here's the challenge. If you think it would be useful to one other person, then be brave enough to share it with that person. You'll be doing them a favour, I promise. And my guess is, in the 541 other episodes that we've published right up until now, you'll probably find several there that are equally as valuable to you as this episode that you haven't heard yet. So go ahead and pick another one. And between now and our next published episode 543, listen in on that one. And then send me a note on LinkedIn telling me which one you picked, 
why you picked it, and most importantly, what did you do as a result of the conversation? Ruth suggested that we have a conversation with Michael Unbroken, author of Think Unbroken, with author and life coach Robert Pardy, entrepreneur, life and business transformation coach Daniel Mangina, and author of Tears of Hope, Seeing Light from the Shadows, Amy Kardashian, on a future Innova Buzz podcast episode. That's actually four episodes. So Michael, Robert, Daniel, and Amy, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Dr. Ruth Mary Allen. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Now remember too, to go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel to collect your unique digital token, which will give you membership of the Flywheel Nation community, where you'll have direct access to our amazing podcast guests, as well as to a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz podcasting process. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.